This is very cathartic. I mean, I really miss recording the show with you, Chris. And we're going to do more of it. You and I are just going to take over the studio every once in a while. This is my, <laughs> we this have is, to. This is, this is my therapy. Thank you, everyone who's listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Catalyst, the Launch by Entity Data podcast. Still getting used to saying this. Uh, this is the show formerly known as the Post Life Podcast. Uh, I'm Gina Trapani, and as always, I'm joined by my business partner, Chris Lasacco. Hey, Chris. Hey, Gina. How's it going? Good. I'm excited to be recording with you. We have a lot to talk about. We're in a brand new world. We Maybe are. we should just. Can we take a minute and just talk about launch? Because I think launch, even though it's we've been out in the world for a, a little bit, it's still new. So it's only, what it's is only it? been a few months. It's only, it's been, only a been a few months. months. In our world, a few months is 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 brand new. So so launch is a new group at NTT Data, uh, and we're focused on delivering amazing experiences through custom software through for our clients. Right. So mm-hmm. Postlight. Uh, was a, a firm that you and I ran and then NTT Data acquired us and along with a few other really amazing companies, uh, sibling companies who are very uh, aligned with us in spirit and brought us all together into this new thing called called Launch. And, you know, we're both newborn and also, you know, in our in, in midlife, right? Because collectively, <laughs> yes, all, totally. the, all the different groups that came together to make Launch have decades of experience, you know, delivering just beautiful custom software. And now we've joined forces like the Avengers, to, to go even bigger and better in, for yes. our clients. And we can do more now, which is yes. which is really cool, right? We, yes. we never had a machine learning team at Postlight. We never had a quality engineering or quality automation team at Postlight. And now we've data got- Data team. Data team, exactly. Force. I mean, we just, we've got all of it. We've got all of it now. There's a lot more we can do. And that's been, you know, a a little intimidating, if I'm honest, to like get my (laughs) head around because it's a lot of things. But it's really exciting because now we can, you know, if a prospective client says, well, wait a second, we also want this thing. And most of the time, 95% of the time, the answer will be, oh, yeah, we can do that for you Yeah, we can do that. We can do that. Whereas at Postlight, we would sort of tap dance and be like, we have a lot of very senior, very smart people who can read the documentation and be an expert very quickly, (laughs) which was which was true. We backed that up a lot of times. We backed it up a lot of times, but we were like a small collection of very senior generalists. But and now we're we've got this like, you know, team of specialists who really can go deep on Basically anything our, our clients need, which is really really cool. But like you it said, is really cool. also a bit intimidating. Yeah. Well, and I think we, you and I have been on this journey where our roles are have changed, are changing, um, and yes. that's been interesting, right? Because we used to run the thing, and so it was kind of like we were we had our hands in every part of the business. We were keeping track of finance and operations and people and all of our client engagements and how the disciplines were evolving. We we were just looking at everything, right? We ran our comp cycles uh, when right. people wanted raises or promote. We did, the, we did all of it. Um, right. And now we run a product innovation team. We have a team of product managers and business agility folks and designers who and business analysts who are thinking about uh, you know, a narrower slice of the pie. Um, and it's That's been right. an interesting evolution, I think, for us. 
it's been such a wild adventure and ride. And, and it's actually the thing that really inspired the, the thing that I want to talk to you about today, which is, is just when you come into a new role, when you're a leader and you're and you shift into a different role or a new role or a different context, um, it, everything kind of gets re- rejiggered, you know? So it's so funny, like, you know, being, you know, we were CEO, president of Postlight. We're leading now the product group inside Launch, which is awesome. I, it's so it's great. Like, I mean, I, I'm just going to be honest running ops and finance and figuring out, like, it doesn't feed my soul, right? But like making making really great experiences for our clients, that really does it for me, right? So I'm like yes. so excited that that we get to be in this position at launch, especially with like the incredible group of, you know, very deep and wide talent that we have now. Um, but it's such a change uh, because I, I found myself just being like, where is my lane, how do I stay in it? When am I veering mm-hmm. out of it? What what else is going on here at this much bigger place? And what what parts of the of of what launch is do I you know have control over? Which do I not? And which can I influence for you know the the better? And so I, I was talking to you and I was talking to my coach about this idea of just like your sphere of influence, the things that you can that you can nudge toward change for the better and. Uh, you know, ho- hopefully if you got, got your head on your shoulders, <laughs> right, which I hope I do. <laughs> but I, I was thinking about, you know, the people who listen to this show are also product leaders and product leaders kind of by definition are change agents. They're people leading yes. change. They're people kind of finding the way forward and, and, and aligning, you know, the business interests and their mm-hmm. customers' business uh, mm-hmm. interests and needs and their employees' interests and needs. And so I think the the product folks and the leaders who listen to the show, they're probably going through this all the time. Like, what, where can I, you know, what's, what is my sphere of influence? How do I become aware of it? How do I expand it? How do I say, okay, this is just, at, this is this part thing, this thing over here, it's out of my hands. It's out of my <laughs> um, hands. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, so I think, I can hear the nods as people are listening to this, <laughs> right? Because our, our our transition was a very particular kind of thing where we went from a small organization to a large organization, like more or less overnight, right? It's been a months long transition for sure, but it, it was a dramatic change. And I think other folks are not, the change is not as dramatic, but as you join and and navigate through a larger organization you're exactly right you're constantly going to be looking for wh- where where are the edges of what i can do what i should do and should i narrow my focus and try to get a very particular thing done and done really well should i expand my focus and try to you know build connections build alliances with other teams and be able to influence more things but that's harder to do. I mean, one of the key lessons I feel like we're we've both learned and are learning is that you can't you can't do it all yourself and you have to think about how you build these bridges to mm-hmm. other parts of the organization to be able to say really if we want to level up great product work, it's not just about having a great product team because we've already got that. Check check the box, you know. Yep. But what we now have to do is say we need to connect that product team to other parts of the organization. Um, And I think a lot of people go through that, too, where they think about their sphere of influence is to make a particular lane of the highway run really smoothly and efficiently. But you also have to be thinking about the other lanes of the highway so that you can make the connection points so that the whole system works. That's right. That's right. 
laterally, you know, to, to, to the groups and the functions yeah. that are next to you up, particularly up, right? Because you can have a great product team, but if what if the work that they're producing or the roadmap that they've got in front of them isn't like perfectly connected to the, you know, the business strategy, the business's goals, right? The business mission, like, like you know, they're going to be, the, then they're going to become the team that like people try to go around or skip over or leave out of conversations, right? That's exactly right. I mean, we've seen people lose their jobs. Oh, for sure. You know, be, because they, not because they were doing a bad job, but because they were going in the wrong direction. They were doing the wrong job. <laughs> they were doing the wrong job. <laughs> That's exactly. right. Exactly. That's yep. right. And, you know, we, we see this with our prospects. So, you know, there are times when, when folks at big, big orgs in particular approach us. Uh, we, we had a, we had a, a situation recently, pretty high up leader inside a mm-hmm. very large corporation, um, old company really trying to modernize. And she was a, she was a former, uh, leader at a, at a, at Facebook, I think at a, at a modern sort of SAS fang, you know, like company. And so they brought tech her focused in company. tech focused company and they brought her in kind of with the mandate. Like, and we get this, we're seeing this a lot, right? Like help us make this leap from project to product. Help yes. us change the way we think and the way we operate, you know, because we're, we're falling behind. Uh, we're not meeting our customers' needs, and we need we need to we need to move faster. We need to move more smoothly. We need to experiment more. We need to fail faster and build on successes faster, right? Yep. And so she she came to us, and we were like very like minded. I was like, oh, I, I see you. She you know she spoke our language. She knew exactly you know what we had to offer, why it was so important. She brought us in and I was like, oh, we're definitely going to do this work. I'm so excited. This person is great. This is great work. It was a great match. It was a great match. And at the you know, last minute, someone else in the org <laughs> who was, I think, you know, I, I'm not totally sure as I couldn't quite see into the org chart, but was, you know, appeared to her, you know, got, got wind of this, of this effort that she was lead, leading and said, or, or trying to spearhead and get started with us and said, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not what we're doing. That's not what we're doing at all. This is, this is what we're doing. Uh, and she came back to us and said, look, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. This is not, I don't have the go ahead on this. Uh, can't do it. And, and that's completely fine. That kind of thing happens all the time. A lot of times people are kind of taking a lit, a risk or making a leap with us or using the conversations with us to like sort of make the, make the case, you know, to, to, to their bosses about why yes. we should, we should go ahead. But she she had definitely miscalculated. <laughs> she she had, right. she had miscalculated the, the the influence and the and her and the mandate and and her ability to make the decision. And it was such a bummer because I really did want to work with her and I and I hope we will. And so when we you know when we talk to prospects, we try to see like who is this you know. And sometimes we use signals just like you know title or relationships or mandate. If we see somebody with a mandate for you know revenue is a really big one. Cost savings yep. is, is a good one. Revenue is even better. Yep. Um, and someone who is is high up and up in the org and has the reputation and has the backing, the ex- executive backing to, to go ahead. This is when we know, OK, this person can make this decision and move forward with us and make this happen. Conversely, you know, we, we worked with another client it, it, who, you know, she she came into an org. She was very high up, brought up by somebody very high up. She had a revenue mandate and she brought us in and said, we're going to build this new platform. And I remember she brought us in. And she said, okay, we're just going to start taking, taking meetings with all the different groups throughout the org. And we would go to these meetings and she said, we, this is what we're going to do. We're going to build this new platform. This is what it's going to do. And the people in the meetings would be like, you're doing, wait, you're doing what? No, no, you, you can't do that. No, no, John tried that like five years ago and it failed. Wait, oh, did you yeah. think about Sally's group? Because Sally's group, that's not going to work for them. And, It'll never fly. And she yeah. would nod and smile 
That's all. She would just nod and smile. It was this kind of like knowing smile. And then we'd end the meeting and shake hands and walk out. And she'd be like, great. Okay, next we're going to meet this group. Like she was just doing the tour. She was just, and she was just kind of letting people know this is what's going to happen. And she was fearless and she never took no for an answer. And she was one of the best client advocates actually we've ever worked for because she just Without led this just in- incredible change inside this org and she just did a group by group she found her you know her her biggest you know critics and skeptics she found her biggest allies and advocates and she just she worked <laughs> she worked the group and made it happen and she looks like a hero now this was like 5 years ago right it worked that's the yeah. you know the end of the story is a happy one but yeah we should dig in on this for a second because it's interesting if you think about sphere of influence that particular advocate this was a little bit i mean it was pushing up against the boundaries right yes so you you highlighted a couple of things though that i think are worth underscoring the first one is it, this effort was tied to revenue yes. and when you can t- when you can when you can be part of a program that generates dollars that is a trump card. It's in, like, in, in well, a hold on a second. Society that is the ultimate <laughs> trump card. That's, yes, and so and so, I think as folks are listening to this and they're thinking, you know, how do we, how do I what do I take away? How do I how do I you know connect to this in my world? If you're if the thing you're working on is is not tied to revenue. How do you make a connection so that it is, even if it's one or two steps removed? Yes. And if it is tied to revenue, make that the guiding principle. Like that should be at the top of your North Star meetings, you know, is how do, how are we generating more money? Because That's that right. is very difficult to argue with, um, mm-hmm. rightfully so. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's number one. Number two, this this idea that you have to go around in a big organization, there are a lot of people with their own interests. And part of the job is figuring out what those interests are and and connecting to them or aligning with them. Or maybe not. Maybe saying this group is going to be problematic for me and I need to figure out how to how to minimize their involvement. Because let's yes. be honest, that is real, right? When you get yes. to a certain size, it's you're not going to make everybody happy and that's okay and you you know you have to just allow for a <laughs> i was going to say rival faction that sounds a little intense <laughs> yeah um, it does sound intense <laughs> but you know it, there there are going to be people who don't agree with what you're doing and you shouldn't expect 100% agreement but you do need to make sure you've got connections to other parts of the org that's right. That's right. The, the, the naysayers are going to exist. You, you, of course, you want to be respectful and professional, but there are some times when you're just going to have to say, "Okay, I hear you. We're going to continue to we're going to continue to roll. We're going to keep going." That's right. And you know, it's funny. It, something that I realized, you know, it, it, in a big organization, it's often not people who are so against change and progress. It's just the power of inertia and momentum. Exactly. Like, don't mess with my world. I know yes. how to do what I do. It works just fine. Why are you scheduling time with me? Why are you asking me to like, you know, think about something that isn't important to me, right? Because everybody's got their own agenda, right? And so, you know, a person leading change has their agenda. We're going to make this change as smooth as possible. Everybody else is just trying to get their jobs done, right? It's That's actually right. not malicious. It's just like, come on, man, why are you messing with me? I just, right. <laughs> just trying to get right. my job done today. I know how to do my job. Don't, don't, don't change how I get my job done. Don't make this more difficult for me. You know, yeah, absolutely. Especially when you're working with, I mean, 
if you're doing a customer facing system, you deal with some of that. When you're working on an internal facing system, you're going to get that all the All day time. long. All day Even long. Even if the thing is bad, people get very good at bad systems. People yes. learn the quirks and they learn the pitfalls and they say, oh, I know I can't click that button because, right. you know, it doesn't save properly and I have to go over here to execute this three-step process to make sure that bo- – like, yeah. they have the cheat sheet, you know? And – even if you're trying to make their lives better, uh, it's it can be very difficult for people to see that and to internalize it and, frankly, to believe it. I mean, this is another That's thing. Right. If you're thinking about how do I expand you know, my sphere of influence, how do I think about widening my aperture a little bit, mm-hmm. part of it is you got you to gotta do what you say. Like, you got to follow yes. through, right? Because then people start to be like, oh, I know that team. They ship. Like this they, is a person who gets do things done. They exactly. actually ship. This is a person who gets stuff done. They said they were going to get thing done and then they got the thing done. And then they did that over and over and over again. This is a person who, who has a reputation and credibility, right? Which is why like when you first show up, it's very hard to be a change leader, you know, like, you know, <laughs> when you, when you, you have no up, right? backing, you have no, right. uh, uh, track record. built a reputation. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So much of it is, you know, both built like knowing when to build, you know, build allies and build relationships and collaborate and when to sort of route around and say, we're going to we're just we're going to go ahead with this and we'll circle back. You know, we'll come back and I'll show you where we're at. Let me run this by you and see what you think. Do you do you also as the group as a group gets bigger, right, your your mechanisms for influencing, not influencing is maybe the wrong word here, but your mechanisms for directing uh, and and advocating for a particular direction, for a particular way forward, they become different. Because when you're a small, when you're leading a small team, you just talk to each other all the time. Uh, and right. that happens asynchronously. It can happen in stand-ups. It can happen, you know, whatever your paths of communication. You're just, the group is small enough that you make all these connections and you're just constantly reinforcing mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. But when the group gets large, your the the things change the mechanisms change because now yes. it has to be more about vision and approach and a lot of it is written or you know communicated with a very succinct slide deck or a set of values that you are then arming people to say I'm going to I have internalized this and now I can make my decisions for my team based on this higher level thing. And I, you know, I bring this up because I think this is something that you and I are going through, right? Which is how do we, we were setting vision and direction for a company. Now we're setting vision and direction for a team. And it's, and it's a little bit different because triple the size of that company, right? (laughs) Exactly. This is the thing. Like the, the scope is smaller, but it's many more people. And so we're having to, you know, adjust our approach there. And I think that I think that others go through this, right? When they come into a new organization or they take over a new team and they have to think about, okay, how do I how do I think about my group, right? And where I want it to go and then the right ways to get that message down to people because I can't have one-on-ones with hundreds of people. It just doesn't right. work that way. That's right. Oh, it's so funny that you said that. We used to have one-on-ones with everybody in the company, you know, a couple yeah. a week at a small company. You can do that in a year, right? And that just doesn't scale. 
Um, it, it's so interesting that the point that you're making too about th- this is a this is a big thing that I'm learning as someone going from a small you know a, a smaller context to a larger context. And this is something. This is a point that um, Aaron Millstone was making to us, who, who we've actually had on the show, who's really really smart about this type of thing. You know, it, 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 in a in a smaller group. Um, you know, you and I used to really lead, of course, we had a strategy and we had business goals, but a lot of it was like intuition and gut feel and sort yes. of anecdotal evidence, right? Because we, we were a small group and you'd be having a lot of conversations and you would kind of read the room and it and you kind of led with your, not emotions, but sort of, it was more instinct, instinctual, right? But in a, in a, in a large group, you have to be, you, have, you can have data, right? Because there are enough people for there to be actual data, you know, an employment, employee engagement survey, you know, one employee doesn't represent, you know, one or 2% of the entire company, right? It's, it's thousands of people. So you, you have enough data to see actual trends and you can use data. And this is something I think that I've really learned um, to make your case, right? And to say, right. uh, you know, we see this trend, this is how much revenue was lost. This is how much attrition we saw. This is uh, th- these are the opportunities that we think that we missed out on, and this is how much we project in dollars. <laughs> that means that's why we're advocating for this change. It's the, and and you know you and I would talk all the time. You know, running post site, we'd be like, ah, this doesn't feel right. I think mm-hmm. we should do something different, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it yep. wasn't like we were presenting uh, facts and figures and data to one another. I mean, certainly we were looking at the financials of the business overall month over month. But but from a from a r- running standpoint, it was like you know how, how does this feel? Does this feel right? Does this align with our values? Um, and so, so, so moving from that sort of, you know, gut instinct to a fact-based, here's, here's why this isn't good for the business, or here's why this isn't good for the client, or here's the trend that we're seeing over time, because we've got, you know, hundreds of people in this situation, you know, in this kind of client, or this is the broad shift we want to make to the way that we provide our services, by the way we, over, you know, oversee our engagements, um, that's been really eye-opening for me. It's a lot more work <laughs> because you have to dig up a lot more data and you have That's to, right. you know, frame it in a way that, that, you know, aligns with the, with the case that you're trying to make. Um, and, and, and there's also this other aspect of it, right. Where, where you're in a larger organization, there are just more layers. There are just more groups and there's just, just a lot more conversations, right. It's a yeah. lot more yeah. like gathering support or let me tell you this story and t- not fiction or nonfiction. What's your, what's your take on this? You know, and you get yeah. input and you, and you refine your case and then you bring it up and these things just take, take time. This is why things take a little bit longer, but, but, but you can see there's a discipline in that. And there's also like, Oh, I can see we made this decision because of this, this business case, which you lay out, uh, which isn't Chris, this doesn't feel right for organization. Let's, <laughs> let's change this up a little bit. <laughs> which we did a lot. Yeah. <laughs> which I mean, we did a lot of, <laughs> Right. I ha- so uh, I have two thoughts that are in different directions. The first one is I agree with everything you said, but I think there is still a place for gut feel. And sometimes you do have to be like, just in- instinct tells me that we g- we have to try something different here. And that is that is okay. And I think there is there is you know the pendulum has swung so far to data backing up decisions. And don't get me wrong, the point you were making is unequivocally true. I mean, I can think of, you know, <laughs> several meetings just in the past couple of weeks where that, you know, having the the data to back things up, that was the thing that moved, you know, moved the needle. That was what yeah. broke through a logjam because we yeah. had something to point back to and say, no, 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 we're not just feeling this. Like there's a real impact here and, and we can quantify it. Um, 
So I don't disagree at all, but I think you have to pair it with sometimes you just, you get a sense about something and you're like, I really think we need to, you know, shift four degrees in this direction, or we need to try, this is an experiment, but we're going to try doing X, Y, or Z. And I think that there should be a place for that. There should be a place for that in leadership. There should be a place for that in product teams where you don't have all the data and that's okay. And you still, you know, figure out a way to, to take a risk, you know, even if it's a small risk to go with your gut and, and see if your hunch was right. And, you know, your hunch is not always going to be right, but I think you've got to allow for that too. And I think, again, personal experience, right? You and I still do that. We don't do it as often as when we were running a small company, but there are times when we say, you know what, I think we just really need to shift things in this way. And then we just go do it. And we see what happens. I totally agree with that. And go with your gut sounds like you're saying, you know, it is my personal preference that this be this way and and therefore it should. And, and I want to adjust that a little bit. I, I think there's there's like this, you know, you you set you set about what this thing is, like, you know, launch, right? We we are we're cross-functional teams that are focused entirely on custom software. That's a, an amazing experience, right? We're not married to any one technology. We don't have, you know, any, you know, hard and fast, you know, process that we run every single time. It's, it's, we are about business outcomes and driving toward them with our, with our clients, right? And so, so you can set that vision forth, right? And you can say, we're a premium shop. We partner with our clients. We give, you know, we anticipate their needs. We, we provide, you know, the, you know, the highest level of service. And, and and when you set that forth and say, this is what we're trying to do here, it makes it easier to say, this level of service we provide to this client is not up to our standard. We need to do better here. Like, That's right. <laughs> you know, yes. and, and, and there isn't, you know, I don't have facts and figures and tra- charts and data. It's just this employee experience that we're creating does not align with the the kind of org and the, uh, that we're trying to to build to partner with our clients. Like it just doesn't it just doesn't make sense. This is not what we're trying to do here, right? So this the, so it's almost like instead of aligning, and I think we did this more with Postlight, right? Like versus aligning with our personal preference and, and our gut. Although we did you know build an organization that really resonated with us personally, that was the thing mm-hmm. that we wanted to build. I mean, we did have alignment there. It's like it's like does is this the kind of business? You know, is is this what we're trying to do here? You know, there's is this lots what of ways. Yeah, there's lots of ways to try to make money, right? There's lots right. of there's like infinite numbers of ways to make money. We we choose <laughs> right. to make money in this way with this, this particular way for like right. these kinds of clients, this particular way. So like, if if something that we're doing doesn't doesn't line up, like we should change it, right? Like we should be who we say we're trying to be, right? I think vision and values and strategy are aspirational, and every day it's trying to be more of that. And look, if, if the strategy or the vision isn't, if the market's rejecting it, if, if the employees, you know, if it doesn't work, then you, you, then you change, change it. it up. Right. Yeah. But there's a point where we, you know, plant a, a flag in the sand uh, and say, this is, this is the thing that we're trying to do. So let's be this thing. That's so well said, even within that construct, compromise can still be necessary. Sometimes yes. that's another thing that we're learning, but that's okay. There are some things where you're like, this is not, this doesn't feel like the truest expression of the way we should be running this part of the business, but we will accept it. And then guess what? There are other things where you're like, this is too far and we do need to push back against this. And I'm, and I'm sure that people listening are, are running through the mental checklist of the same kind of calculus, right? If they're in a big organization, there are some things that they just accept, even though they're not great. And then, then there are other things that they're like, we have to we have to change. We have to push okay. for better in these instances. And it's something that 
we go through, but I think a lot of our clients, a lot of our connections are also going through it because not everything is perfect. And you're right. Vision is aspirational. And so you're always thinking about how do we move a little bit closer? How do we get one, one notch or two notches, you know, (laughs) along the path towards realizing the vision? It's not, you're not going to wake up overnight and feel like, oh, now we've, we've done it. We've checked all the things, right? The vision is complete. It doesn't work like that. Like you are, you set your North star and then you're striving for how do we get there with all these incremental decisions along the way. That's right. And, and a big part, I mean, a big part of this is choosing, right? Because we live in an imperfect world, right? In every organization, we could li- you could probably list dozens of things that don't align with the vision of the strategy or could be done better, right? And and you kind of have to, it's the choose your battles, you know? You have choose to your choose battles. the this- ones that are going to make the biggest change. This is a big part of influence too, right? Because because the thing exactly. about building your reputation and building credibility and being that change agent who can actually make change happen, you have to pick the stuff that has the biggest impact that's also possible, <laughs> like that you can get done and demonstrate that you get done. And and it is, it's not easy to make those. It's not know, easy. Because you kind of have to disagree and commit and swallow the, the bitter pill of a few other things being really not good, not great. <laughs> yeah. But you're like, I'm not going to, I'm not taking this on right now. I'm taking this on. This is what I'm taking That's right. On. Um, cause if, you know, if, if you're the person who, who goes, who pushes against every single thing, every single meeting, you're going to become ineffectual. But if you just roll with everything being kind of mediocre, that's also, also ineffectual. Good. Right. Right. That's right. That's right. You are nailing this. The, this is, this is the sweet spot of sphere of influence is you have to, you have to think about, you have, it has to be broad enough that you're not resigned to everything, but it has to be narrow enough that you can actually make change. Um, a, a specific thing that's coming to mind is like a, a client we work with who wanted to rethink the, it, it's a publisher and they wanted to rethink their web presence, but they didn't start with the whole thing because they knew it was too big and it wouldn't get done. There were too many people to get, you know, marketing had to buy in on the homepage mm-hmm. and sales had to buy in on the subscriber platform and it was just too much. So they said, mm-hmm. we're, what we're going to do is we're going to take steps along the path, the first thing we're going to start with is under the hood improvements, right? We're going to make it a lot easier to publish an article. We're going to make it a lot easier to, you know, have um, rich blocks of interaction that we can put inside of things, right? They didn't start with, we're going to rethink the entire site. They said, we know that our our sphere is a little small right now, and we're going to embrace that. And we're going to say, we know that there are things that we can make better. Let's make those things better first. And then what what happened? Sure enough, it built, right? And they got more and more credibility. They were able to tackle more and more things. And a couple of months ago, or maybe it was at the beginning of the year, you know, they relaunched the homepage and it's been a smashing success. But yes. it but it wasn't, you know, you look at it from the outside in and you think, oh, they redid the whole site. And it was like, well, yeah, but that's not they that's didn't bite off the whole site. That's not where we didn't bite off the whole site. And and through the lens of this conversation, right, the sphere of influence conversation, that was that was a very smart tactical move to say we know that our influence is not big enough to wipe the slate clean. We have to we have to take steps along the path. Um, and lo and behold, like it, it, they got there, right? They got to the same finish line. It was just a much more incremental, much more targeted approach. They didn't boil the ocean. They didn't boil the ocean. Because, you know, like good work that ships and people can see, like begets more, more of this, please. Oh, that looks so good. More can we this. do that That's in all right. these these pages? I mean, this is the thing, right? And this is how you you, you turn the, the people just sort of 
you know, floating along with the inertia or the, the straight up naysayers or, or skeptics into, oh, hmm, that looks nice. I mean, and this is right. also the power of just great design, right? People see totally. something that's like really beautiful and modern and looks and looks polished, and premium and polished. They're like, whoa, let's I want, you know, more more of that. Uh, right. And, and I, I think design is so important. Um, and yeah, maybe you don't get signed off to redo the whole the whole website. But if you take it, you know, one section at a time and just, you know, and do it really, really well, that's going to build that momentum builds. I mean, this is why we I mean, we, we say it all the time, like no one can argue with working software. Right. It's why we focus on just shipping something small, but absolutely beautiful and world changing, you know, um, because that's your best chance to say, OK, yeah, more of this. That's more right. Of this. We say it all the time. And yet it's astounding to me how many companies are not doing it. There are so many teams out there that haven't shipped anything to production in three months, six months, a year. Yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah. it's so common and it yeah. it's kind of mind boggling to me how many conversations we have where it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm really frustrated with my team. We just can't seem to get anything done. Yeah, because they're bogged down with, you know, policy and IT and the backlog of all the bug reports. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, they, right, they're, they're behind <laughs> instead, of, instead of forward, right? And this is, this right. is part of that, this, this project to product, uh, you know, transition. And, and it, no, it's, it's, it's tough. It's really tough. This is why really you need that leader that goes, stop, no more of this. <laughs> we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do something different here, right? Yes, but you know, you need that leader with with that influence. But we 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 feel you. We see you out there. I think all all the product folks, all the product leaders out there, and and the folks in the orbit of the product team, like I see you. I feel you. I empathize with you. You know, when you're when you're pushing for positive change, it's 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 hard and it's tiring and exhausting. Gather gather your allies. Get your data. Align with you know. Listen to what your bosses are saying. What's on their minds? Because when they're worried about a thing, suddenly that'll get. That'll shoot to the top of the list, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yep. and draft right off of that. Uh, it sounds extremely political, <laughs> but when you're in a big org, when there's thousands of people coordinating to get a thing done every day, I'm still sort of boggled by the size of our of our new org and how anything gets done every day. It's just so many humans, you know, trying to get behind a thing. It's just, it's just, it's just part of the. It's part of the game. It's part of the leadership. Yeah. I mean, the flip the flip of it is, right, we're looking at the org and saying we're, it's mind-boggling that things are getting done. But, the, but a lot of stuff is getting done. A lot right? of stuff is getting and, done. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is, that is inspiring in its own way, that we the, – just the sheer amount of, of business, you know, that we are moving through the pipes in this world um, is impressive. And if we can help more organizations do that and do it better and do it more efficiently and put – better experiences out into the world. I mean, that's the holy grail. That's what we're going for. That's right. That's right. It, it is a, a part of the beauty of working with really big uh, a companies and working in a big company now is that every once in a while, you know, we don't have our hands in everything anymore. Every once in a while, you know, you're at an all hands, you're in a meeting and you see something and you're like, that's Whoa. awesome. Yeah. Whoa. Where did that come from? Who was the leader that made that happen? Interesting. I want to get in on that, right? Totally. And even just learning those lessons from those really effective advocates, uh, you know, in your org or who you partner with in other orgs, 
you know, you just go to the buffet. What is, what do they do? Oh, that works really well. This is interesting. How did you make this decision? Right. And you, and you, and you put your, your leadership plate together. You know, I'm going to try this. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, or, 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 or I want to get with this person. You know, yep. like I find myself really drawn to those leaders who are like moving and shaking and getting stuff done and not only to, to emulate them, but just to be near them. And, and, and yeah. be like, I, I, you know, how do I, how do I work with you and see how you operate and how can we be stronger together? 100%. That's yeah. right. Yeah. What I'm picturing is that somebody is listening to this and they have a burning story that they're like, I, I also have this happening. What can I do? I need to reach out and say, say it to somebody. We have an answer. I love burning stories. I love burning stories. And we have a relatively new email address. It's catalyst at ntdata.com. We need to we need to update our tattoos. We had hello at postlight.com. We post do. Like we com. had hello Tattoo. at postlight.com. It's now right. catalyst at, at ntdata.com. You and I still get every message that we do. goes to that email address. We want to hear from you. We want to hear from those leaders who are figuring out the edges of their sphere of influence, who are building it up, who are pushing and expanding it and and maybe sometimes getting knocked back that happens and it's humbling and it kind of stinks that happens that that's part of the game if you're not getting if someone's not saying no to you you know fairly regular basis you're not asking for enough that's my (laughs) (laughs) that's my uh, (laughs) that's my guiding principle um love it tell us about reach out catalyst at ntddata.com still get used to this new name chris but we're it's you know it's all about change it's good change for the better we're getting there change for the better no way no way through no way out but through that's right that's right thanks chris thanks gina let's get back to work thanks bye y'all bye